You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Jesus said to his disciples, In praying, do not babble like the pagans, who think that they will be heard because they their many words. Do not be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This is how you are to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you forgive men their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. God wants us to be radiant with joy. This is a beautiful verse from Psalm 34. We also have in this psalm, I don't think we had it today, taste and see how good the Lord is. I love that line, taste and see how good the Lord is. And the readings today reveal that goodness, the goodness of the Lord. And he brings the rains down from the heavens, and we know in this region that that is a big blessing. Sometimes in Ireland, we get too much rain. Also, there are other places in the world that get too much rain with major catastrophic effects. But in the Middle East, in an area, predominantly desert area, that gets a very low rainfall if we think from Mesopotamia to Egypt which was the terrain of the biblical story Abraham going as far as Egypt and then the movements of slavery and exile Um, this was the territory and it's a territory that needs every drop of rain it gets and this blessing then means uh, this rain is a, a great metaphor then for the blessing of God's word reaching us And just as the rain, the water evaporates, it brings so much life into the earth before it goes back to the heavens. And so the word of God coming to us has a great um, fruitfulness in our lives, in our minds, in our hearts, our affections. The Word of God has an impact on our affections, on our heart, and in our soul, in our, the holiness of being purified and transparent before God, filled with God's glory. And so God's Word sanctifies us. It's coming from Him. Everything from God sanctifies us. And so particularly His Word, that's of the most precious we have from God, 
that God speaks to us. Maybe in a busy town, we walk by hundreds of people. But maybe there's one person you stop to speak to because you know this person is a friend, and to exchange words is precious. And were we to walk by and not exchange words, we would have ignored the person. But that doesn't happen only on the busy streets of cities. It can happen in kitchens, in bedrooms, in work, in recreation, or maybe even in the church community. Some people, I don't share a word with them. And that can be very meaningful, uh, negatively or positively. Maybe there was some hurt, and I'm now silent for years. It's hard to be silent for a couple of weeks. And then if it's for years, to break that silence. The blessing of words. The blessing of the word of God that comes and reaches my person. That God speaks to me. Maybe we take it for granted. And it is a huge treasure, a gift, an empowerment, a recognition, a liberation, an interest. All of these positive things that provoke us, ignite us, build us up. Imagine all the words spoken to a little child. Simple words with a smile, with a tickle, and to get the child to think, to interact. And God is speaking to us like this. And every time we let God's word address us by reading it, by hearing it at mass, by listening to somebody speak it, even if it's a tape recording, uh, it's a beautiful gift because it's God's word that's reaching us. Then we have in the gospel our words reaching God. And it's interesting, the perception of the Jewish people, when Jesus says something like explaining things, he doesn't explain things they don't experience, because you can't use that as a metaphor. If you don't know about it, what's the point talking about it? But if their impression is that the pagans are babbling, then it's their impression, and that they hear the pagans babbling. So he says, don't babble like the pagans. It's not about the number of words you say that impresses God. It's about the content and the attitude of the words you say that reach God's heart. The Father knows what you need before you ask him. We need to have the exercise to pray. And it's difficult for us. Sometimes it's easier for us to go out, us men, to go out and build a wall cut bushes on the farm, but to talk can be more difficult. Sometimes we tend to quiet, to solitude, we don't have words. Some people need a lot of conversation. They need to share a lot, they need to be listened to. And that's also a great exercise. But here we're invited to pray, and to pray with the right attitudes. And the Our Father is considered and been spoken of so often throughout history as the greatest prayer, taught by Jesus himself an instruction in synthesis of how we should pray. St. Augustine commented that there is no prayer we could say that is not in the Our Father, 
and that every prayer we can test, every prayer we say, does it match the Our Father? One of the lines of the Our Father, is it a, a prayer of praise and a prayer of addressing the Father, a prayer of wishing for his kingdom to come, a prayer that his will be done in my life, just as it is in heaven, here on earth. And then the petitions for bread and the petition for forgiveness and the petition to be protected from evil. These are great, great prayers. The petition for forgiveness is coupled. We ask God for forgiveness, but he teaches us that we need to grant forgiveness. We cannot ask for forgiveness if we don't also wish to grant forgiveness. Having forgiveness means being in communion. And our communion with others is deeply connected and interconnected with our communion with God. And sometimes people have misunderstandings about forgiveness. And because Jesus mentions it again right after the Our Father, it's really three different mentions of it in a way, three different reflections on it. We will dwell there for a moment. Some people don't want to forgive because they are under the false impression, they don't think it's false, but they think if they forgive, that makes that bad behavior okay. It doesn't. Because if it's okay, I have nothing to forgive. If I forgive it, it's because it's not okay. I'm not saying that it's okay when I forgive you. And the most direct beneficiary of forgiveness clearly is the person forgiven is, is a beneficiary, but the bigger forgiven, for beneficiary is myself if I forgive. If I forgive another person, I'm free of chasing that person down in my thoughts and my desires and my ambitions. A person who cannot forgive cannot sleep well because it's always there and it can come back at any time and it makes the person sick inside especially if it's a grievous matter that's cultivated for a long time it becomes like a cancer in the soul and that's why God really always forgives because God I'm not sure it's hard to get into this thought right now it needs more time but God doesn't hold grudges against us. There's a lot of this language in the Bible because it's the human perception that has to be corrected. And we have, for example, in Psalm 34, that God will destroy the memory of the evil from the face of the earth. But that's not the heart of God, actually. The heart of God is to redeem the evil person. And that full revelation is given to us on Calvary. It's given to us by Jesus and his teaching. It's given to us sometimes in the prophets, but it comes absolutely clear on Good Friday. Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. And this is very, very powerful, this total will to forgiveness. And in our communion with God, we need to grow into God-likeness. We are made in his image, but we are called to grow into his image as well. We have deformities in the image. And if we hold on to grudges, it does us a lot of harm. It deforms us. It makes us not like God. 
So there's a lot to work on this, but it's a great path to learn forgiveness. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.